A game of rugby takes 80 minutes. That's 4,800 seconds. But it only takes one to win a scrum, to steal a line out, make a break and score a try. One second for a hero to become a legend, for one team to become champions. And it's their line-out that creates the opportunities to score their tries, and that's exactly what happened. He goes wide, and he finds a winger. Oiderman, he's faster than a bald man's haircut. Oiderman, and he gets the try. What a heartbreaker. Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 79, with your hosts, Dan Power and Pete Steinberg. But for this week, James Patterson. Well, there you have it, the professor, Pete Steinberg. Uh, we'll start things off on a somber note. He had a family emergency. He's headed back to London to uh, take care of some family matters. So, Pete, we love you. We miss you. Hope you're safe and doing well over there, buddy. And we'll get you back in ASAP, safe and sound, I hope. But a willing and able replacement steps in. Uh, not since Stephen Donald, 2011 World Cup. There's no one left. Steve, was it, no, Graham Henry. It wasn't Steve James. It was Graham Henry. Picks up the phone. I've done the same thing. I've called my Stephen Donald. JP, how you doing, buddy? Mate, great. Even better now that there's 18 days left till the season. I mean, how long of a wait has it been until this point? I know it's, 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 I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, but I was one of those uh, deep thinkers as a child and boxing day, I'd be like, damn, 300 and you know, so many days until Christmas and I, the negative of it, instead of enjoying the moment, but it's felt like that this off season, it's like shut down and then just, are we ever going to get rugby back? And here we are on the, on the precipice of returning major league rugby. Mike, give us give us a little update. Uh, you did some games last year. You're, you're back on the slab to do some games in 2021. That's exciting news to have you back on the commentary team. But uh, what else will you be doing outside of that for rugby? I'm uh, still staying involved here locally. We've got the Casey Blues still. Coach, I coach to play touch. I think you probably have a little bit of that in you as well, that we love to go out there and just – run around with the lads so how many times hit a, have you, hit a hole guessed, hit a hole run off me <laughs> how many times have you guest coached with me over the years it was air force a few years ago just air running short balls yeah 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 it's, it's it's funny the the quality is just decreasing drastically every time you and i hook up and play touch <laughs> so no shout out to the kc blues great great club out there very story club and uh hopefully Getting back to some some rugby out there soon for you, JP, as uh, as the head coach. Yeah, mate, it should be good. It's interesting to see the way everybody's had to navigate this lockdown, and I think if we look back at even the changes with MLR recently, with some of the scheduling and teams shifting around, you know, they've got a whole group of people working full time at this, and just to even get rugby at the grassroots level going again, I think it's really important because that that brings the focus back on the game, which then flows back through to MLR as the pinnacle of the sport. Do you know who else loves grassroots rugby? Who? The Rugby Shop. And this opening segment was brought to you by the Rugby Shop. ShopMLR.com. The Rugby Shop, that's where we get all our stuff. The KC Blues, they shop there. You want to be like the KC Blues? Shop at the Rugby Shop. ShopMLR.com. Get on there and support the show and support the great people at the Rugby Shop. 
All right, we have a big show ahead of us, buddy. We are previewing LA taking on Boston. It's Eats versus West, Drago versus Rocky, all over again. We actually throw a Rocky Four reference in there at some point. It's good stuff. And uh, mate, let's let's actually. I want to get your thoughts first. This is a big one. LA have been very busy in the offseason, signing some really quality players. Uh, a few announcements yet to come of some even bigger name players, but. They've come to play. They're not going to be cannon fodder in their first season, are they? No, and I, I thought it's really interesting, and you're going to hear it a bit later, but discussing with them about the mentality of what they've had to go through. California has been probably the most strict place, obviously heading offshore to Hawaii, but that whole mindset around you know playing like the Barbarians, look, look how great that side is. They come together at short notice and they gel as a team. And, and I really like the moves they've made in the offseason. I really like their coaching staff. And, you know, this old glory team's a good side. They finished strong at the start of last season. We saw a lot of glimpses from them. So it'll be really, really, it'll be a great way to start 2021, put it that way. Oh, glory. The Free Jacks, buddy. Free Jacks. We're doing the Free Jacks. Oh, that's right. But Old Glory is a good team too. But the Free Jacks, they're a great team. Mardo up there. But let's actually. I just want to say it's in the script. It's in the script. I know. I know. It's it's one. It's one and done. It's one and done, Pato. Come back, Pete. Come back to me. I'm the. I'm usually the one getting in trouble. Like I'm not. I'm not comfortable with this role. I need Pete like berating me all the time. All right. Get the board shorts ready, JP. Throw on the uh, Havanas. We're going. The Jandals in New Zealand, the Thongs in Australia, the flip-flops here. We're going to Hawaii. Let's welcome in head coach of the LA Guiltinis, Darren Coleman. All right. We are joined now by LA Guiltinis head coach, Darren Coleman. DC in Hawaii, mate. What a place for preseason camp. Where, where were these preseason camps when I played, mate? What's yeah, going no, on? It's good. It's good. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me on. And uh Aloha from uh, Maui. Yeah, aloha. Tell, tell us a little bit about how camp has gone so far. Obviously, for yourself personally, you come off the back of a brilliant season with Gordon. You win the shoot shield. Bang, straight into preseason camp with LA to Hawaii. How has it been over on the uh, on the island of Maui and how are the boys looking? Yeah, it's been good, mate. Yeah, we... Uh, it was sort of a bit of an uncertain time there. LA was, was a pretty sort of decent hotbed of COVID there and we were we were wondering what how we we're going to pull it off and we sort of stumbled across the um the the Maui idea and uh there's a good man here named Jack Breen just as we chatted about earlier uh really passionate about his rugby he made some connections with the with the local county and and we've got ourselves a, a training facility it's it's quite unique actually we're up in a up in a, on a pretty much on a close to the top of a mountain near the crater there at a, off a little town called Makiao. And um, we're on a polo field of all places. So we actually have, um, it's big enough to have four football fields on it or rugby fields on it. And we drive up there from the, from where we're staying in our hotel on the beach up to there. It's about a half an hour drive and we're sort of out of, out of harm's way. We've got plenty of field space. It's immaculately green. They haven't had a polo season for a while because of uh, COVID. So yeah. The pitch is in good nick, and then we come down to another gym here in town and um, get our weights done. So, um, yeah, all going well, uh, like any sort of training camp. And we were sort of thinking about having a training camp when we were putting things together, but most training camps for rugby, they generally last about a week or even three or four days. So to do a four-and-a-half-week one, 
uh, there's been a lot of positives. We've really accelerated the the group and and the group knowing each other and becoming one. So yeah, no, it's been really good. Three or four days to go here now, and then we're back to the mainland. Darren, so you've been putting a, a pretty formidable side together. Let's talk about the big news, the most recent news. Tell us about the significance of signing a player like Adam Ashley Cooper. So only 16 players in history have played more test matches than him. What does that experience bring to a new side? Yeah, Coop's a good man. Um, I'm fortunate. I, I had a friendship with Adam from, from years ago. We're from the same club back in Sydney. And uh, we're at the Brumbies together. Uh, coached him in a couple of little things around the place. And... Um, yeah, so it's um, he just adds he just adds that class and experience. There's no doubt he's at, he's at 36 now. There's probably not as much zip in the in the pencil, but there's a bit more. Well, he always had good game sense, so he, his knowledge is really good. And you just watch the way he, Coops is a, his best part of his game with not only his versatility but his reliability in defence. He was one of the, I believe, as the 13 when he did play 13, he was one of the best defensive centres in the game. And we just see it now, like uh, the way he controls the edge of our field and communicates with a couple of young American wingers. He's sort of teaching them day by day. So um, no doubting he's going to have a, um, a huge impact on our team, around our culture and our professionalism. So um, he's a good man to have on, belt, have on board. Yeah, steady influence for sure. So let's look at some of the other players that have come across in the preseason. Who's impressed you coming across from other sides? You've been fortunate. You picked up about seven players from the Glendale side. Who's impressed so far in camp? Yeah, um, probably two the two American-based players that, that I've been most impressed have been uh, Mika Cruz. Um, when they did the Colorado dispersal draft, <clears throat> it was us and Dallas sort of went pick for pick and we got first pick in that and we went for, for Mika straight away. I just um, heard a lot of good things about him and um, – yeah, I was just excited to have him in our group and he hasn't let us down. He, he came in potentially a little underdone in the camp physically um, and we've had good conversations with him around that. That's probably one thing that's maybe held him back from becoming a genuine uh, eagle. Um, but for just uh, athletic, a combination of athleticism, he's 220, 225 pound. He's uh, good hops, good in the air. Good, uh, good defensive reader, which surprised the heck out of me. Like you sort of faced with a few decisions down that 13 and wing channel <clears throat> and he, uh, he does it well. He does it classy. He's um, no, I'm really excited him. And again, on the back of um, the, the most recent Dallas sort of uh, folding, we ended up with a local LA kid who uh, back with us who wanted to join us, a kid named Christian Rodriguez, uh, a bit of a utility a nine that sort of looks comfortable at 15 and, and can hold his own on the wing. He's, um, he's shot the lights out. Like he's, um, he's jumped up the pecking order significantly in our, in our halfback stakes. He's just a natural creative little footballer. He gets out from the base there. He's got good feet, um, nice little pass game on him. So yeah, for mine, the, from the American boys, they've probably been the two that I've been most pleasantly surprised with. All right, mate, let's talk round one. You take on New England. So short season last year, New England, uh, one and four, not not great. Had some issues with injury uh, during that stretch. They've made some big changes in the offseason, most notably in the front office with Brian Martin coming in from uh, the, the Rebels and, and Otago system over in New Zealand. What is your initial thoughts on the Free Jacks and thoughts on that round one clash? Yeah, it'll be tough. Like, obviously, we're um, – every team will – 
be going in a little underdone. We've only got the one uh, practice match. So you'd like to, um, besides an inter-squad trial. Um, so, yeah, we're, again, it's very cliche, but, yeah, we're, we're going to focus on ourselves. The little I do know, um, Ryan, yeah, know of Ryan from, from his time in Melbourne and, and did some checking out on him with the, the Melbourne coaches down there at Rebels. Know a little bit about that. Um, we've got Sean McNulty here, who was their starting hooker last year. So Sean will be a big part in um, when we do start to turn our attention to them. Um, got some sharp backs. I know Bodine Wacker from my time in Sydney. He did a season there at Manly and he's a sharp, talented uh, all-rounder from New Zealand. So under no illusions, it's, um, it's going to be a really tough round one game. I notice what you can pick up from the other teams around through social media. They're one of the few that have got a seem to have a really good indoor facility, so they've got no excuses or they're getting some genuine work done. Uh, the same can't be said for all the teams. So, um, no, uh, although I, we haven't delved too deep into them uh, as yet, understanding that, yeah, i got a feeling they're going to be one of the top-end teams and uh, we'll have to start well. Now, I, know, I know you love talking about yourself, and I'm just kidding, but uh, I, I kind of want to get into your mindset off the Shoot Shield season. So for those who don't know, Shoot Shield, big competition, probably the premier competition under Super Rugby uh, for a long time in Australia. You coach Gordon. How was how that mentally, knowing that you had that commitment to Gordon, going really well with Gordon, hang on, we're going to you know, have a really good shot at winning this, and knowing that the LA is in the background, teams are formulating plans, coaches are on the ground over here starting to put, and, and you've got a team that's going well, that ends up winning everything. How is that juggling for you and, and who kind of helped you out through that process, mate? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't sort of find it too big an issue. I, every year in Australia, we have the Shoot Shield, but that rolls into a, another competition called the NRC. And for the last six years I've been back in Australia, I've coached in both. So as the Shoot Shield is going into the second half, you're recruiting and selecting your NRC team, which is like a national provincial type competition so I'm sort of used to that um we would we would I had obviously Adam Fryer our general manager and my assistant coach Stephen Hoyles we live 400 meters from each other in in Coogee in Sydney so uh we had Wednesday set aside as LA day during the shoot shield and um we'd catch up and set up a little mini office and get going on our LA work and, and building the squad um it's not like it's a chore when your job is to when you're trying to recruit you're watching a lot of tape so yeah, just park up in bed and watch a lot of footy and I'd uh, decide who we liked or who we didn't like and do our research on them with, uh, through other coaches and then I'd just throw a handball to Adam, the GM, and he'd go and, and close the deals if he could. So, um, yeah, definitely no excuses on that front. We're, uh, we're ready. We're not, I don't feel like we're behind anyone in, in, in any aspects and, and particularly not because of my role with Gordon. Um, if anything, it... It reinforced that some of the things I was doing were I was doing were working, and um, we'll keep on with a fair bit of that formula. Yeah, and it's actually your second stint in North American rugby, right? Yeah, yeah, I had the, uh, the, the mighty Mavericks uh, took him to a rugby Super League championship in 03. Correct. Yeah, no, that was uh, I had five great summers up in Calgary, Alberta, and uh, yeah, had some success up there. We had a little club team there, won won four of the five years I was there, and then we. We won the the national league with the Mavericks, so that was um was good. And I really enjoyed. Had just such a positive experience coaching North American players. Um, when this opportunity came up, it's yeah, and and 
it's proven to be. Like the uh, the our squad here, all the American guys are just super keen, super enthusiastic, super athletic. So uh, yeah, it's a coach's dream, really. So other than the clash of the cocktails coming up this season, what what teams are you most looking forward to playing after doing your, your research heading into it? Oh, San Diego, hundred percent. I think there's there's a lot of uh, happy to talk that one up. They're, obviously, that's going to be the the geographical derby. Uh, the fact that they've been the benchmark, well, Seattle wouldn't like to hear that. But from my watched all the the games last year in San Diego, I believe were clearly the best team. The fact they stood us up on a, a practice match this weekend and pulled out late has added more spice to it. Um, so, no doubt at all, um, we'll we'll build that up. Yeah, the the Gilly Cup with the uh, the Gil Gronies and uh, and all the hanger honors in the Gil Groniacs. They'll um, that'll be an, <laughs> that'll be that'll be an exciting day. But uh, yeah, I think we'll be able to. And and sports needs rivalries. You want rivalries, and particularly when they're geographical rivalries, it's. It's not out of the question. Once LA has a fan base, we can we can take down there and and um, <clears throat> meet with the Legion. What are they? The, the cohort and uh, yeah. Geez, you've yeah. done your research, DC. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, no, I, I think that'll be the that'll be the big games. It'll be the Austin and San Diego matches, and they're effectively double point games because you have got to get through your conference. So yeah, already fired up for that one. You think you think San Diego a little intimidated? That's why they went to Vegas, DC. Ah, uh, no, I don't know about that, mate. Oh, I guess come that on now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure. They, they obviously, everyone's going to make their own decisions for what's best for them. And yeah, but, but, but LA the, would welcome the cohort if they wanted to support LA for 2021, right? The fans <laughs> in, in San Diego. What is it, a two hour drive? Can't not be bad. that far. Yeah, LA yeah, traffic's be, smooth. <clears throat> yeah, there'll be, <laughs> be, be a few turncoats. You never know. <laughs> so give us a little bit more background on the, the coaching staff and the decisions you made around putting together a team obviously you've got a lot of experience there with the IE and then Corbs coming in on the scrum coaching front you know what was that search process like and how did you settle in on your group yeah it's uh we got a we got a four-man rugby coaching team and I'm the fourth best player in it um we're, uh, and by a significant margin uh yeah Halsey's obviously a wallaby Corbs a British lion and and a Rennie I used to watch a Rennie play when I was a, a young fella. He was amazing. And um, I was only talking to Mark Stabini the other night, actually, and Stabby said, Rennie IE in the early years of the Sevens tournaments was like Serebi. He was as good as Serebi. He was. He's uh, untouchable. Yeah. He jumps in a little bit here at training and he's still got that trademark dummy. Just his, his fat little tummy doesn't move as fast <laughs> as, his, as, his little, as his little legs anymore. But yeah. Uh, no, he's great, and he's he's warming into the coaching thing. So, Arini takes on a on a on a backs role and a skills role. He's particularly good with the, the younger players and their skills. Halsey looks after our line out and our breakdown and defense, and I sort of do the overall team attack and team strategy. And then, Corbs, geez, he he came into camp in a blaze of glory. Of uh, very enthusiastic man, Corbs, and uh, deep thinker. He's um. His brain goes quicker than his mouth and his mouth's really fast. So he, um, yeah, he's an exciting guy to have around. And like all those scrum coaches, there's this a little bit of eccentricity in them. They're, they're a little weird. Every time we, we seem to nail a good scrum, he's jumping around like a, like a kid in a lolly shop. He's, um, yeah, we're really fortunate. And uh, 
they'd all admit they're pretty young to the coaching game, but have, have oodles of knowledge. And um, I guess one of my roles is just to help them figure out how to portray that knowledge and how to teach it in a methodical and logical order. Um, but yeah, really blessed. Uh, we've got another good, we've got a good head of performance here, a guy named Mick Steven, who I'd worked with at the Waratahs and at the Country Eagles in the NRC. So we've got a relationship. He drives a really highly professional program, drives me absolutely crazy with GPS numbers and, and things like that. But um, no, good man, good crew, uh, good analyst. We, we've, uh, we've buddied up with Rugby Canada on that one, actually. Got a, a good little fellow named Mark Sparky Carter. And Sparky's going to work six months of the year with us. And then he'll be six months of the year with Kingsley up there at the, um, with the Canadian national team. So it was a good little job share for him. And we've got a, we've got a really experienced, he's done professional teams in Wales. He's uh, just come from the Hong Kong national team. So yeah, we, we, I, I believe we've got, I've, I know I've got a, a sort of world-class support staff here. So it'll be really um, good for the players development. And over time, that's a, a good selling point for other recruits. Other players who want to come and join teams in uh, our team in LA know that you're going to get high quality coaching. Absolutely. No stones left unturned in LA. I love it. Well, DC, I appreciate you jumping on. I know you've got a lot of work to do before that round one game against the Free Jacks. Uh, enjoy Hawaii. Enjoy the sunshine over there. I'm a little jealous, but camp should be uh, wrapping up soon. Back in LA. Excited to see you round one, mate. Uh, very excited to see you over with the Major League Rugby as well. So good things coming for you in LA in 2021. Good on you, boys. Appreciate the time and all the, all the good things you do for the sport. Cheers. Thanks, DC. See you, Thanks. mate. There you have it, DC. So, I mean, what? What? I'm jealous, mate. Hawaii camp. How good is that? They sound like they've had a great time over there, playing on the polo fields, lush grass, trying to stay on on tracks. Difficult. Yeah, you've been locked down in the states. You head to Hawaii. Change of atmosphere, change of mind. But I think it brings a, a different level of energy around what you're trying to do. It really allows you to focus on what you want to focus on, and that's footy. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, actually, I don't know how much I could focus in Hawaii on footy. I mean, there's the, uh, the big drinks, the king, Elvis Presley. Ah, God, I want to go to Hawaii and get this going. All right. Someone who is there, who used to be where I am right now in cold Colorado, is the big man, Luke White, the former Raptor, now with L.A., we had the privilege of sitting down with our old friend earlier today. All right, joining us now, great friend, big, big fan of the show, Luke White, the raging bull, uh, the greatest Raptor ever. Take that, Zach Fenolio. How you doing, Whitey? Good, thanks, mate. I'm doing great. I don't know about that uh, greatest Raptor ever comment. It's probably Chad I'm, London. I'm going to have to smooth a few things over with a couple of fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got a couple of teammates that joined you, and then and, and, uh, during the draft, obviously, not not the way you wanted to end your, your career in Colorado. I mean, I think speaking to most of the players, not what they really wanted. But plus side, you get a couple of boys: Mika, Blake, uh, Johnny, Johnny Ryberg, the the quadricep with eyeballs. So there is a bit of Colorado flavor in LA. How's it been there adjusting for you boys, and then getting into camp with the other guys? Yeah, mate. It, it, obviously, it wasn't the way we like to end our careers at Colorado, but um, so be it. Things happen and, and we're now onto something bigger and better. And I think now being here for a month, um, we're all really happy how it all it all planned out. I am lucky to have Mika and 
Nick Boyer, Blakey, Muscles, um, Ryan James, even Big Marco Fepulier's coming now. Um, so yeah, we're, we're all settling in well, and it's good to have um, you know a good group of fellas who've already played together before in, in the MLR for multiple years. You know, we, that group of fellas, we were there for we were all there for you know more than two years. So um, I think that's a definitely a plus side, and yeah, we're definitely enjoying it so far. So you've been enjoying Hawaii for the last two weeks, but before that, talk about without giving away too many secrets. Obviously, with COVID situation, you guys would have gotten together early and had to do things virtually. So, what were some of the things you guys did to kind of gel as a team before you were able to get together in person? Yeah, mate, it was all um, it was all online. Everything was online. Um, we didn't meet until February one, but even then, it was all a quarantine for a week. Um, but up until that point, we I didn't meet any of my teammates in person, um, even the guys I didn't, I didn't know I was out, um, in Boston with my wife and, and hadn't seen anyone the whole since the season was canceled last year. Um, but we, yeah, we got on, we were on the, on the zoom. We had, um, pretty much weekly, um, catch ups with DC, Darren Coleman and, um, and Hass, uh, Adam Fryer, um, just to get the season planned. And, and, uh, to be honest, it, it all ran, very smoothly as I mean, as smoothly as it could without having any face to face. We're all on individualized programs. Um, they had us on training, reporting everything. Um, they were following us, tracking us along. We were in contact with the SNC pretty much every day. Um, so it was as smooth as an off season as you could have with everything, uh, considering. Right, mate. So personally, this season, obviously, you've had a bit of juggling back and forth between positions. And then at Glendale, you kind of finished as a second rower, just eating meters off the back row. So, you know, where are you headed this season? Are you, are you going to be in the second row, you think? I knew, I knew you'd hit me with this question. Um, I and, and that's one thing I think there's a lot of people out there who've always been wondering, like, why, why is he playing two row? He was a prop. And um, that was just always something that popped up. We ended up being short at Colorado of, of second rowers. And um you know, they said, Luke, Luke, he's fairly tall. Let's give him a go. And I kind of went in there and stayed ever since. And um, I'm the type of player that I'll play wherever the team needs me. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe uh, playing up in the front row would have got me further so far in my career. But at the same time, I, I play where my team needs me. And um, at the moment, I've been working in the second row, um, been getting up in the line outs and uh, I feel comfortable there, but at the same time, if the team ever needed me to move back up to the front row, I'd be I'd be straight there. And um, yeah, whatever's needed from me, I'll I'll give it a crack. Straight out of the generic, boring, politically correct playbook, <laughs> Luke White, one hundred and one. Come on, what do you want to play? We we were actually talking uh, about this. Let let's say I know you want to play for the Eagles. Gary Gold's a huge fan of the show. He listens all the time. He sits in his office there and he's like. I love the show, the MLA Kickoff Podcast. It's the best. I don't know if he sounds like that. That was bad. But what do you want to play, mate? Where do you want to play? We won't uh, tell DC. Well, I'll give you the honest, straight truth. I, I love the playing in the second row frees me up to do the things like ball carrying that I love to do. Um, good at it. When you're, when you're up in the front row, you're, you're putting most of your energy and exhaustion into the scrum. Um, and you're coming up out of a scrum and, and you've got less energy to be ball carrying. So... I, I, I mean, I do enjoy that asset aspect of playing in the second row. It frees me up a little bit to ball carry. Obviously, I haven't been much of a, a line-out jumping option. Um, 
but um, I'm going to hit hit you back with another generic answer wherever the team needs me, mate. <laughs> That's it. Just give me a ball and some boots, and you'll go all day. Yeah. All right, let's 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 talk New England then. Let's talk Free Jacks round one. Uh, you're one of the few players in the LA squad because obviously it's expansion, it's a new franchise that has been in MLR since year one. So you've seen the expansion teams come in. What lessons did you learn to bring to LA for that round one game so you don't end up sort of running into the teething problems that some of the other expansion sides did early on? Um, well, I mean, you saw last season, first game of the year, I think the New England came out and surprised a lot of people with um, knocking off, correct me if I'm wrong, but they knocked off New York in the very first round yep. with a very impressive performance. Um I think, I mean, I've got a special attachment to Boston. My wife's just spent the last three and a half years there and I spent all my off seasons there. Um, in fact, I definitely chatted with, with New England about, about joining them um, a couple of the last seasons. Um, I know they're a great team. Um, I know they've got a new coaching staff on board and um, it'll definitely be a tough first round game. Um, them coming out to us in, in LA and it'll be our first crack at the Coliseum. Yes. So, but uh, I mean, yeah, they'll be a very strong side. But I, I'm I'm not going to say that. You know, I'm, I'll say that we're going to be a very strong side too. So I think it's going to be a uh, a very good first round hit out, and you'll you'll see uh, two very good sides going at it. Well, just right before JP hits you with another high IQ questions, I'm like the gutter questions. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I appeal to that fan base, mate. What was the thought process like? What was the feeling amongst the boys when the Coliseum was announced? Uh, it was pretty special. I mean, we, we'd kind of known that that was the target for a long time, but um, we, they'd kind of told us that, you know, we're getting all that sorted out. You fellas just worry about the rugby. Um, so when it come through officially, what was it, last week, um, yeah, everyone was pretty pumped. And just to, just to have the opportunity to, I mean, we're going to get to train there as well. And, but such an iconic stadium in such an iconic city and to be playing rugby there, I mean... I never thought that I'd end up there. And I'm sure that, you know, 100% of my teammates never thought they'd end up playing professional yeah. rugby in LA. All right, JP, bring us, so, bring us so back. High, no, high IQ. No high IQ for this. This is one for the fans. So no player in professional rugby in the States, I would guess, has run into more shoulders than you. Who has the hardest shoulder in professional rugby in the States? Now, I don't talk about training this last week, running into Lungy Lungy, okay? Take him <laughs> off the table. Outside of that, who's got the hardest shoulders? Not me, mate. Remember when I smashed you at practice in Infinity Park? So you can't, yeah, has to be a game. You pulled the boots off, you lasted about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, hardest shoulder in MLR. Um, I mean, ex player, um, Pat, Patty Ryan from San Diego, just because he's another big Aussie. Um, he always hit hard and he always made a lot of tackles, and but he also did it fiercely. Um, and he'd also let you know when he hits you, hits you hard too. Um, I won't use language that's, that's, that's used, yeah. but when he hits you, he lets you know too. Um, he was always good. I mean, there's, there's a lot of great hitters in it. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest time, biggest shot I've had put on me was by Dylan Audsley at San Diego by a back. So Jeez. I was running off the back of a line out. He came flying up and I, I think I went back a couple of meters. So, um, yeah, that was probably definitely a surprise for me having a back, a smaller back too, putting putting me on my ass. So what what about moving from the mountains to the beach? All right, you've been in the mountains for the last six years. To the beach, you're a Sydney boy. 
What's it like moving back to the ocean? And then obviously you're joining what, 10 other countrymen in the team. What's that been like as well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it kind of does feel like I'm back home really. I mean, obviously a lot of Aussies here, but uh, biggest thing about it, mate, is the, the oxygen. I can finally breathe. <laughs> I don't have to go and hide behind the pack and, and get down on my knees and suck a few in. We've got a lot more air to breathe in down here, mate. I love it. Well, let's stay with the rapid fire, mate. I've got five quick questions for you. Uh, a little bit, little bit more lighthearted now. All right. Got the biggest hitter out of the way. Who's the best sledger? Who's got yeah. the best smack talk in MLR? And I want an example, obviously PG. If you have to beep it out, we'll fill in the gaps. <laughs> um, oh, the, the best sledge I've ever heard was, um, and it was actually a bit of friendly fire because they ended up being two teammates, but it was Hanko Hermeshes on uh, Atta Malifa. And uh, I mean, they're both two incredible, incredible players, but Hanku put a great shot on Atta. And uh, Arts had been around the block for a while and, and Hanku got over him and said, welcome to the big leagues. And then it wasn't about three minutes later, a Hanku <laughs> ribs, ribs smashed in. <laughs> and of course, Arta got up and, uh, and didn't say a word about it. But That's uh, the way we all, all always had a laugh about, about that. But they're, they're also two brilliant, brilliant players. That's uh, a good one. Yeah, I, and obviously Arts has been... Uh, dishing it out for a long time too. So Honko's not the first, probably won't be the last artist. Probably still got a couple of... Yeah, is this? I feel like the classic Eagles, there'll be a couple of over 35s around the world running into Archer in Bermuda in the next couple of years. He's not done yet. He'll be back. Here's a big one for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you out of this because obviously you are a speed demon. It's a 100-meter sprint. Who's the top three at LA? Who comes first, second, and third? Gold, silver, bronze. At LA, uh, gold. We've got to go with Ryan James. He's a speed star. Yeah. Um, as much as I don't like to say it, I've got to put him in there. Nick Boyer's got to be up there. Um, he's a speed demon. Um, uh, I mean, sp- speed size wise, Johnny Ryberg. He's uh, yeah. He's- he gets really? moving, mate. I don't. This is definitely this. I mean, that's wrong. Those three choices are wrong. I'm sure there's, there's <laughs> after, but <laughs> uh, and they're also three Colorado blokes. So I'm probably playing a bit of favoritism here, but um, they are three very quick guys. And, and I, I mean, RJ is just a, a speed freak and quick on quick on his feet. No love for Mika. Okay. Well, well, yeah, no, Meeks is quick too. But I'll put those three ahead of Meeks. Meeks, Meeks will get there. What about what about Nick Boyer's hair? He looks like Bodie from Point Break. Cut it is, off. He, is he getting? He did. He cut it off. No, but he. Oh, you wanted to cut it off. I know. I, I saw him. He looks a little little Point Break. He's got. Do you remember yeah. Patrick Swayze, he's Bodie gone, from Point he's Break? He's just gone with the Hawaii vibes for now. Yeah, yeah. it's hard not. Well, I guess well, it's let's... LA vibes too. The long flowy flowy locks. He's look, looking for a Hollywood deal, probably. Well, maybe he's the third one. He maybe he's the third Hemsworth brother. Yeah, I think there is three, isn't there? Oh, Fourth yeah. to it. Well, I know too. So Jonas Brothers, the whole day. Who cares? Anyway, all right, let's stay with the vibes. Who's got the biggest bromance at LA? Who is the biggest bromance in the team? What two guys? Oh, um, can't Luke, be brothers. Luke, well, Luke Burton and Luca Tani have something special going on. Yeah. They're always in each other's pocket about different things. Um, oh, I mean, me and Blakey Rogers, we get a, along very well. 
he's my roommate. I'm, I apologize if he does come barging in here any second. I think he's just at treatment, but uh, he might not. Not surprised. Going through the door. Yeah, mullet, mullet in tow. So that's it. You and Blakey Rogers. Well, no, right, you tried to palm <laughs> it off. Luke Burton and Luke Atani. They're always off doing things together. Coffee club. All right. Yeah. This is, now you get to go outside of LA. You, you focus on your teammates enough. If you were going to build, and I know we gave you a hard time about what position you're going to play, so we'll just say a locks because we're at lock. If you had to build a WhatsApp group from five MLR locks, including yourself, so four more from around MLR, who's in your WhatsApp group and why? Um, well, Lou Stanfield, number one. Oh, big Lou. Yeah, yes. you gotta have, you gotta have him in there. He's been around for a long time, so he'll bring the experience. Um, um, Mike Shepard, because um, he also loves to run, put his head down and run hard. Um, how many is that? Two? You said five, did you? It was your one, so that's three. You're going to be in your own group, oh, aren't right? You? I'll be in my own group. Um, yeah, Nate, so two Nate, more. Bra- Nate Brakeley, because he hits every single ruck that's ever ever been in the MLR. Just smart. Any problem you have, I bet you you could hit him a text and say, hey, what, how do I do this on my taxes? And he'd be like, bang, you know, deductibles. Smart man. Um, Offshore off negative gearing. And then the last, the fifth one. Well, I, I mean, I haven't spoken to Casey Rock in a couple of weeks, so I've got to throw Casey Rock, even though he's not really a current MLR player, but he has played many MLR games. So I'll throw yeah. Casey Rock in there. Good man too, Casey Rock. Yeah. If you're listening... Miss you, Casey. You're a good man. Yeah. Speaking of listening, how's mum and dad? Mum and dad's great. I'm sure they'll be tuning in, mate. They're good. They, they want to go over here, though. They How happy are they that you are out of that miserable cold weather in the Rocky Mountains yeah. to LA? Well, Red flight, too. Yeah. That's what, and then that was one of the big things as well. I'm, I'm uh, a couple of hours closer to home. So now they've just got to get around the Australian government and, and try and get over here for you know, for some of the season or, you know, with the baby coming, try and get over here for the baby. Is it still ScoMo? Who's the prime minister down yeah, there? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know, mate. I'm, um, I'm uh, detached from the Australian politics. It's all, all uh, Biden and Trump these days, isn't it? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Bring on ScoMo. Let him back in, ScoMo. Yeah. Jeez. Hey, yeah, to, that's right. Maybe we need ScoMo over here. I don't know. Just send send all politicians somewhere remote and leave them there. We'll figure it out eventually. Isn't that what they all did right. back in the day to start Australia? <laughs> uh, politician. It was another P word. I don't oh, think it was politicians. So. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> right. I actually, I actually think I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Scariest player in the locker room? Well, I haven't been in the locker room with him yet. <laughs> who is it? Because I know who it is. Because well, I'm like- scared of him. No, it, it Lungy, 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 of course, but I haven't been in a locker room with him. I think I've with him, haven't you? I think back in the pro rugby days, I had a stoush with him on, on, on the way to the locker room. Did you really? Well, there was a few words exchanged, but I think that was actually Will McGee one time sort of G'd him up at halftime and we're all walking to the locker. And I think that I, sounds like Bill yeah. starts a fight, walks yeah, away, Lukey, finish it. But Muscles Ryberg, he listens to heavy, like the heaviest of metal music you ever hear. Yeah. And he puts it on the on the locker room speakers and he's just in his own. And there's no way, like, you can just tell before the game, no one's going to stop him. So, I mean, it's like, uh, remember any given Sunday, Madman? 
He had the same yeah. thing with the death metal and the yeah. face paint. That's that's muscles that's, through a yeah. T, I and, think. And muscles also got a ritual of something. He throws up for some reason before every game. It's about five minutes before running out. So he's there listening to heavy metal, the scariest <laughs> face on you've ever seen. And then next minute he's in the bin throwing up. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right, JP, finishes off with the last question, mate. Give something with some gravity. Really get Whitey thinking there. Make him pull into the, the deep, dark, rich soils of Hawaii and pull out the uh-huh. mana and answer the question what i want you to do is i want you to name your fan club you've got the original og up here on the right the guillotini you have got to have a fan club for the guillotini the gilgroniacs buddy sorry gilgronies we've got to have what you're gonna do brother in terms of la guillotini fan club yes yes yeah what are you going to call yourself well No, <laughs> don't um, think that'll don't think that'll stick. Just some, just a thought. But um, G- Gil, uh, what are we? The Giltinis, the the Giltastics, Giltastics. <laughs> maybe maybe a little remix. That's the club Mr. you'd want. That's the club you'd want to be in. Take Shaggy's song. You know they they call me Mister Giltastic, Reggae Fantastic. <laughs> Bit of that. Okay, I could feel that. I could... We do have it. We do already have a team song, Mister um, Corbusero. He has. He's already. I don't want to release too much information. Here, no, 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 no. Corbs will kill you. Well, he yeah, but he has already showed us a little bit of something, and it's pretty oh, good. good. Black Eyed Night's going to be a good night. Yeah. Well, better. It's going to be a great night. <laughs> can we can we get the exclusive? Can you nudge Corbs and say hey? Give the boys this. I've got it. It's got to be on his time or the team. It's big. It's huge. It's going to rock the uh, music scene in LA. I can't wait. And music can't scene wait. in LA. It is. Look out, well, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Or oh, DZ, mate. Don't start that. Like, I know you got Langy in your team now, but don't be messing with Snoop and Cube and Dry. Watch that movie. They don't muck I'd, around those. I'd boys. back. I'd back Corbs over Snoop. Don't worry, mate. Really? Well, mate, he goes. With, with, he, he puts the boxing gloves on and he goes. Oh, boxing. I thought you were talking about yeah. rapping. No, like, both. Snoop made a pretty <laughs> good career. Out of have a box off and a rap off. Corbs, uh, get him in both. Well, you rap before you box. Yeah. Otherwise, you can rap up. Yeah. Rap up, box, and then freestyle. Love it. You going to join in or are you just like the background? Uh, mate, I'll, Entourage. I'll, I'll watch happily. All right, Whitey, we've gone too long. I hate to end this. All That's good things right, must come to an end. Can't That's wait to see you, buddy. I'm glad to see you still rampaging and terrorizing people and uh looking forward to seeing you doing those beautiful pastels for the la guillotinis in 2021 mate thanks fellas i appreciate it great to chat to you both and the the guilt the guiltastics how good is that is I that, like that i like that stick? uh I, I i hope so i hope so what do you what do you think you know i'm gonna go out on a limb and i i want to be the og of the guiltastics or what about the uh, you were in we're in LA, so Hollywood, the Terminator, the the Gillinators. And they can go and when they play against the AGs, you can be like Hasta la Vista, AGs, you know? Boom, patent pending, Arnold. Back off, pal. That's mine. But no, I, I think they've got to they've got to go creative with the branding as well. And uh, I'm excited for, for LA. I really feel like they're they're obviously is the marketing side of things and it's LA. You've got it. You've got to be big in LA. You know, that market JP, you know, California, especially LA, the Hollywood area, 
if you're not big, you're not going to get noticed. It's just simple as that. There's just so much noise there. Talk about noise. What about the stadium choice? Playing yeah. at the Coliseum. I mean, that it's just impressive. It's you walk in there and you're in awe. Just being able to play there. And once we were able to get fans, it's a in a good area. USC's right down the road. I'm sure they'll get the students behind it. I'm sure there's going to be a great crowd. Yeah, yes. I heard Russell Crowe. They've actually got Russell Crowe in the uh, the chariot. You know, are you not entertained? Just yelling out there. Old Rusty. He's not in the same nick as he was in the Gladiator days, but it was over 20 years ago, so we'll cut him some slack. Who is in the same shape as 20 years ago? Guilty, not me. All right, let's keep moving on. We're going all the way to the northeast now to Boston, the New England Free Jacks. We had this man on the show not too long ago. Couldn't wait to have him back on. One of the sharpest minds in MLR, none other than uh, Dunedin's own Ryan Martin. All right, joining the show now, head coach for the New England Free Jacks. It's Ryan Mato. Mato back on the show. What it was only, it's only a couple of months ago, but a lot's changed since then, mate. You've uh, packed up. You've left the sunny shores of the Southern Hemisphere. You're now in Boston, New England. How has the uh, adaptation to the Northeast been for you, mate? Oh, it's been it's been amazing. Um, Boston's a, a, an amazing city in terms of getting around and. Um, it's not as hustle as bustle as uh, Melbourne was. And um, there's, there's a lot of rugby fans that come out of the woodwork. I'm surprised at uh, how popular the game is here. So it's, it's, I've been pleasantly surprised uh, with all my dealings so far. It's also not full of Victorians, which is the other downside <laughs> to Melbourne. But I'm sure you adjusted well. Mate, what are your initial thoughts on the Free Jack? So obviously, virtually, you're doing a lot of work. Uh, you're now boots on the ground. Yeah. H- happy with the squad? Confident going into round one? Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's ongoing for us. We've still got players arriving uh, weekly. Um, there's there's been huge visa delays, especially getting players out of South Africa and um, over in the UK. Um, and then obviously with the new administration changing the rules of getting into the USA, we had to wrangle a few things. So we're still in the process of getting the whole squad in. I think we've got about ninety four percent of the players are are literally here at the moment um, and there's more arriving this week and next week. Um, so that's kind of changed, obviously, the the way we, we're we completing our pre-season um, and we're taking a leaf out of the way the international barbarians uh, play their rugby, to be honest. Uh, they've had a 54% win rate from 2010 against, you know, really top quality test match teams at the end of their, their travelling windows. So we're going to probably have to approach it like that. Um, bearing in mind, you know, that's a team that has one week preparation and puts on some pretty cool performances. So um, we're kind of going down that route, um, especially with the, the playing personnel we've got. And uh, I think round one could be very interesting. Hey, Marto, James here. About that, talking about the personnel, let's talk about some of the signings you're most excited about. Talk about the Red Ghost to us, where that nickname comes from and how a player like him is going to step in this season you know, at six foot four, he's not your typical 10, young, exciting player out in New Zealand. Talk us through him. Yeah, so so Harry Boyle, the Red Ghost, um, the name came from being in the professional environment at Otago. He's, he's a very quiet uh, at the time. Um, so I gave him the name, the Ghost, and obviously he's a redhead. So that all assimilated together to become the Red Ghost. Um, but he's, I think what, what I've talked with our performance manager, um, Tom Kindly, about is these are the types of players you want coming into the MLR. This is a young fella who's had two seasons of Mitre Cup um, and he's come here to, to further uh, develop his rugby and, and use this as a launching pad 
for minor, but also get himself into super rugby. And I think once you start seeing, you know, young 20 year old, really good players coming in, um, wanting to play in the MLR. And obviously uh, he's, he's a Boston local. He's got a USA eligible passport. Um, that's when, when the game starts to shift and this competition uh, starts to have a lot of um, exciting prospect around those types of players coming in. So he's been amazing in our environment. Um, he's now not the red ghost. He's the noisy ghost. He's got a huge voice in the environment. Um, and he's a real um, cult hero in our team. And uh, yes, he's a very big rig. He's continually eating whenever we have Zoom meetings. He's always eating. Um, so I think he's sitting about 105 kgs, six oh. foot two, six foot three, first five. So I'm pretty excited about what he's going to do over here. Yeah, and again, he's got experience with what you had to offer back in New Zealand. I think there's probably no greater compliment as an attacking coach when journalists in New Zealand say that you guys play a brand of rugby similar to the Harlem Globetrotters of New Zealand rugby. So how important is it for him coming in, knowing kind of that attacking mindset? And how are you planning on implementing that same philosophy of attack in New England? Well, yeah, obviously um, your 10 is the biggest game driver. So it was important that I brought somebody in that knew the way I like to play the game. Um, and no disrespect to anyone that had been there before, but I play a unique style and, and Harry's all over it. Um, obviously, bringing Aliki Morrison, he arrived um, the middle of last week. Um, so he sits in the midfield. So the, the system I use is uh, pretty heavy on those uh, two positions to make a lot of good decisions. Um, and and we, we're trying to promote a style of football that um, basically after set pieces, no positions on the field. And I, I love... I'm intrigued about the way the international barbarians can push test match teams who have been preparing for, you know, nine months and the barbarians have one week of fun with each other. And, you know, they've had some pretty big wins. If you look at that one against England a couple of years back, it was 63, 45, and it was a brilliant style of rugby to watch. And we had a similar game last year in New Zealand, the North Island played the South Island um, on one week's notice preparation. And it was probably the best game in that year compared to any test match football or super rugby I'd watched. And, once again, you go back to the fact that these teams had one week to prepare. So you've got to try and get into the psyche of why do players have that um, ability to play that style. And for me, it comes down to a lot of selection pressures. Obviously, with the Barbarians and teams like that, you don't have that pressure the, the next week. So it's trying to tap into the mindset of that. And that's kind of the, the road we're going down with how we're preparing at the moment. Now, let's talk a little bit about round one. You play an expansion side in L.A., challenging there's obviously difficulty in terms of your job in scouting that side the good thing is the quality of players they're bringing over you've probably got a lot of film on uh we talked to josh larson already and he even said you know the excitement to play a quality side even if they are unknown how do you approach that from a coaching standpoint you'll be facing this side for the first time their their first game in, in history their first official game in history yeah great question um well, if you look at it, it's almost a, a paradox in, in preparation there in Hawaii, sunbathing, surfing, living the life. We're in the snow. Um, <laughs> so Rocky Four, right? Where you, you guys are in the log cabin chopping down trees and they're there in the high-tech Hawaii yeah. sun. And, yeah, they're yeah, the I love it. version. Um, now, we, we're realistic. They've got some top-quality uh, players that have played at a high level, but my good friend Billy Meeks is obviously part of their program and um, – it's, I think it's about us being internal um, and 
trying to lock in the style we want to play in. It's, it's seriously just going to be all about us. Um, and we're lucky enough to, to play against the team with, with good quality players. So we'll learn pretty quickly where we sit in the in the, in the picking order as such around um, how we're going to play the game. So we're just been internalising and making sure that um, we're doing everything right. Um, obviously, everybody's got a big COVID um, cloud hanging over them. So it's also testing all your systems around that and what your daily and your weekly um, protocols are and movements and getting players in. And so it's, it's been great around all that stuff. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you're going through all those old notes on Meeksy from the Rebels days of <laughs> all the deficiencies, doesn't pass well to his right, doesn't slide to his left, or all that stuff. Let's, let's talk about your team. Um, we, we talked a little bit beforehand. Virtually, you're very involved before your arrival. Give us a couple of players who have jumped out to you in, in your initial time here that you've been really impressed with. Yeah, I've been um, – there's actually a player um, who's come through the college system, Spencer Kruger. Um, tell you what, I, I, I am amazed. He is a, a brilliant shape. I think he sits around 115 to 118 kgs on a bad day. And uh, he's got really nice soft skills. Um, he loves scrummaging. He's had a wrestling background. Um, I, I really believe he could could uh, easy play at mitre or super level if he keeps applying himself. And he's actually a brilliant story, which um, I mentioned to our team last week is after training, he quickly changes into his, his work gear and he goes and works in a warehouse, uh, basically doing a night shift to support himself to be part of our program. And when I've got players doing that, um, you know, that's his on the back of the neck, standing up stuff. Um, and it was just a little bit of a wake up call to the other players that are lucky enough to be full-time contracted. Um, so he's been a bit of a shining light for me. And um I'm excited to see how he goes, uh, and you know, in the real deal, obviously. Um, so he's been a, a great find for us. And the other player um, who we picked up in the draft at the start of the year is Justin Johnson from down Atlanta way. Yeah, Mate, he is, um, that kid's an athlete. Um, he's a real student of the game. Uh, we, we ran one-on-one interviews when the players entered the program. You know, Justin has got a bit of a gangster look to him, mm-hmm. which I love as well. And then I realized he's an avid reader and, um, he, there's a real depth to him and he's been phenomenal in our program. He's been running a couple of different roles for us um, and he's picked them up quickly and he's, he's very tough on himself at training. Um, so I'm pretty excited. Like once again, I, I believe with, you know, a couple of years in Justin, he could easily be playing at the super rugby level. Physically he's, he's got all the goods. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been really pumped around, around those two players, um, especially being local boys. Yeah. I remember the scouting through the draft for Justin, two degrees in the space. I think it was three and a half years. He did two university degrees, which obviously a high aptitude for retaining knowledge, which is very important. As you know, as a coach, you want your players to be able to retain yeah. you know, the coaching that you put into them. But right. I just thought physically he was so gifted and yeah. uh, lucky. Where, where do you guys get him at? Five, six, five. I think it was, was five. around there. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I thought was a great pick, but yeah. yeah. Excited to see both those guys go. And Spence was your second round pick, right? A little later. Yeah. 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 No, he's been uh, he's he's something special. So be good to watch his, watch him progress. So what's your what's your thought process or impressions so far about that physical conditioning of the American athlete over here? Obviously, you've gone through a transition in New Zealand where you've seen it become more prevalent in terms of at the uni level or high school level. It's only just started, really, if you compare it to what they've had in the states. What's your impression so far? Well, um, all the all my phone calls back to New Zealand have been around how good the the S and C, the strength and conditioning aspect of it, is over here. Um, 
I've never seen anything like it. Um, our our SNC Jared Collinson is fantastic. Um, I've never seen so many bands and different little devices hanging off players as they're lifting weights in New Zealand. You just see a barbell throw it up and down and put it back down. Whereas over here, there's it's just amazing. Um, I, I think over here in the US, um, it's it's light years ahead of maybe some of the SNC that's happening both in Australia and New Zealand. To be honest, I've been I've been taken aback, um, and I know the New Zealand boys that have come in here already are like, wow, this is, this is some top level stuff. And I, I found that the, the conditioning of the American athletes is phenomenal. Um, the big thing is transitioning that conditioning with game sense um, and the soft skills required to obviously rugby is such a dynamic game. There's lots of the kind of micro decisions and body positions you have to put yourself in to execute. Um, so I think if we can get that um, mixed in with the, the, world-class SNC, it could be a pretty special beast. Certainly. And for, talk us a little bit about your background. So for some aspiring coaches out there, you've got obviously a big background in teaching. So 17 years as a teacher. Uh, how does that transition to the rugby field? And how do you, what are some of the best attributes that you got out of teaching that help you in coaching? Yeah, so... The best thing about uh, being a teacher for 17 years is you're making um, and practicing at the coalface and making, uh, basically forming a, a philosophy around how to manage people and how to get the best out of people in a variety of situations, which essentially is rugby. Um, then I can I made hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mistakes uh, when I was coaching at, at that level of the game, at first 15 level. Um, and I was able to make those mistakes without, you know, huge ramifications. My, the school I worked at, a Tiger Boys High School, would go into mourning if we lost a game, but that would quickly, after a week, be forgotten. <laughs> but um, it, uh, it allows you to, yeah, basically sharpen your armour at a level where, and, and make mistakes um, before you do get here and, and lock in kind of the main philosophies of how you want to coach and how do you make people better because essentially that's what the game is. Um, so I... I actually ended up coaching two or three to uh, teams at a time. And I, I think that was the best thing I, I was able to do because it sharpened me. Um, so I'd train a, I'd have a session in the morning, 6am with the team and then have one uh, just after school finish at three. And then I also coached a premier men's team. So I'd get there at six and just constantly um, obviously sharpening my own axe at, at that level of the game and working with a variety of athletes and locking in what I thought were the kind of the fundamentals and, you know, what are the big things, what are the winningest behaviours that you can coach? Um, and then obviously I was lucky enough to to troll that with Otago uh, under Ben Hearing, who took me on. And um, yeah, just from there, it's been a whirlwind. I've been all around the world um, coaching. Um, it's been phenomenal. How did you get your speeches mixed up? Like the under 13 team and the men's team, you walk in, start F this, F that, you're this and that. And then all of a sudden you look up and say, oh, wrong speech. Sorry, guys. So. No, when you're at the men's practice, make sure you get your parents' permission slips signed. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, to be in all honesty, the, the great thing about coaching at a variety of levels at, at one time is nothing changes. Um, I've, I've ran a few courses over here already, and I'm, I'm showing them things that uh, with our team at the professional arm of the game that you should be doing at under six. Um, and the way you treat the players, the way your team moves around the field, um, nothing changes. So... That, that's a pretty cool thing. Obviously, with your speeches, you, you obviously take a few explosives out, but uh, other than that, she's all good. The other big question is, you, obviously, the Highlanders are in there in Otago. James Patterson, 
What, what happened in the scouting department? Have they been fired for that signing? <laughs> I think Southland might have. It was over a decade ago. The Stags? <laughs> yeah, probably still, should have signed with Otago at the time. They're still digging out of that financial hole from that contract. <laughs> no, appreciate it, Marto, as always. Mate, love having you on the show. I'm sure this won't be the last time we have you on throughout the season. Uh, excited for that round one game. I think um, I, I, I kind of gave a little bit of a slip to, to Josh earlier that I think that's going to be the, the game of the week. So a good one to kick off for New England fans to get themselves on network television to get things started against LA. So any last words for old DC, Darren Coleman? He's going to be on the show as well. You, you want to start the war of the words now? <laughs> oh, as I said, we're, uh, you know, there's, there's one team who's sunbathing and one team who's digging holes in the snow to go to work. So uh, she should be all go. Well, considering the ratio of redheads in your team being in the sun may not be the best thing for your squad. <laughs> All right, Marto. Legend, brother. Appreciate your time. Thank you very much. There you go. Your old stomping grounds, JP. You spent time at the Highlanders, one of the, one of the great... Can I put you down? One of the great Highlanders? Uh, not quite. It wasn't there long enough. Played with some great Highlanders, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but that's that's a... Honestly, I think it's a smart play from New England to go into that system, right? They go into Otago, they grab, you know, and I know Mardo's down at the Rebels as well, but he's pretty entrenched in that Otago system. Uh, Tom Kindly, I believe, from the same neck of the woods. So it's, it's kind of easy to kind of take that culture and that ethos and then, boom, plant it into Boston and start growing. Exciting stuff for the Free Jacks. Yeah, you know, Otago recently has played, they're a side with a chip on their shoulder, yeah? In the South Island, they've always been the little brother to the Crusaders in Canterbury. But what he's brought to that side in the last few years is an amazing attacking platform. They're called the Harlem Globetrotters of New Zealand rugby for a reason. They, it's like watching the Barbarians with the trick moves. Their, their attacking philosophy, I'm sure, is going to bleed through to the Free Jacks. And they're gonna, they're gonna, there's going to be fireworks this season. Well, you would... Uh you would think we've gone two Kiwis and two Aussies. So the two Aussies from LA, we're going to bring another Kiwi in. Uh, Josh Larson, he actually plays for Canada, so I shouldn't call him a Kiwi. He did, did some time down there. He sounds like one of, one of you people from uh, the land of the long white cloud. But Josh Larson, one of the stars for the Free Jacks last year, uh, also one of the, the strong Canadian players that we've got in MLR. Let's get Big Lasso into the show right now. All right, we are joined now by the self-proclaimed sexiest man in New England, uh, back-to-back champion, I believe, 2017, 2018. We won't talk about what happened in 2019, but Josh Larson, thanks for joining the show, brother. How are you holding up out there in Boston? Yeah, mate. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, all good out here. Um, the weather's started to turn a bit this year, uh, this week, so we're into the 40s, which is nice. There's been a fair few snowstorms um, up here as well, like the rest of the country. So keep them warm, enjoying the day off, and uh, great to be here. Yeah, now you are part of the uh, the Larson dynasty in MLA, you and your brother. Uh, he's the opposite end of the spectrum in the desert in Vegas. How's the yeah. communication been between you two now? Are you, is it frosty like the Boston weather or are you still pretty close like the apparent San Diego weather where he's supposed to be? Well, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty close as uh, brothers, but uh, I'm not going to lie, I've given him quite a bit of a step because he has thought he was in for the year on the beach at uh, San Diego, you know, <laughs> yeah. get out the board and stuff. And I'm like, oh, enjoy the desert, you know. So, uh, yeah, there's been a bit of stick between us, but uh, no, I'm looking forward to ripping into them when we get out there since round nine or 10 or something. So it should be good, mate. 
Yeah, well, you guys were in the desert quite a bit in the uh, the shortened season. You know, you were out there for yeah. the Vegas experiment, had a good win against New York out there. Did you give them any tips on local spots to go and where to hang out in Vegas? Where not to hang out in Vegas, probably for your mum's sake? <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I sort of said to them, uh, I think actually, I think they've been pretty strict with their protocols as well, um, as they should. So I don't know if they'll venture too much into the strip, to be honest. Um, I mean, for us, when we were there, we were based in a, in the casino hotel the whole time. So uh, we're sort of walking through the pokies in and out to our rooms and stuff. So I just sort of said, stay away from there on, on, on your Tuesday night for your Wednesday off and you should be good. And saying that, yeah. I think one of the boys actually got the jackpot of that seven or 800, but uh, there's a lot of boys that lost money too when they were uh, trying to charge around. So <laughs> stay away gonna, from that, I reckon. I was going to say, the worst thing is someone getting a win and then encouraging everyone else. And you see uh, payday on the poker machines. It's uh, very, <laughs> very, very filled up, but... But yeah, let, let's talk. Well. Let's talk about 2020. Obviously, a short season. Um, I, I won't put words into your mouth, though. But I get the feeling that New England was probably pretty disappointed with the five-game stretch outside that win against New York. Uh, talk us a little bit about how the feeling was in there and what the communication was during those five games. Yeah, well, like we had a great, obviously, short and preseason. We got together a bit later than the other teams, um, so we were sort of starting January first last year and we had a great preseason. We did a real good job of sort of, you know, uh, embracing that sort of new team into, into the league and it probably showed in round one. We came out to New York, we were fizzing. We, um, yeah, it was probably, you know, best team effort I've been amongst in a long time. We had a game plan to, to kick and use the wind and it just, it all executed for us and we were on, we were on cloud nine after that game. And I guess then, I guess around that is that we sort of got real complacent around that. So like the first week was humming and we probably, used all of our energy before having to go to California for two weeks on the road. And no doubt we're playing some really good teams, obviously San Diego, Seattle, Champs away, uh, and then down to NOLA as well. So, you know, we had a tough stretch there. And I, I guess it just sort of got away from us. We were sort of, I think we got complacent, like I said, with that New York win. We should have, you know, I mean, they should have, but we were, we were in a good position to beat Utah. Uh, and then that slipped away. And I think that lost a lot of confidence and, and belief and, and we only had that one win to go off. So uh, we tried really hard. Um, San Diego was tight. And then Seattle was one of those one of those sort of few stretches of games where it just like, couldn't just close the door. We're up 19-0, I think, in Seattle up there and, and couldn't close the door. So, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think this game's all about confidence. And when a team's hot, they're hot. And then, you know, we, we sort of fell on that losing streak. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit disappointing to end those last few games because, you know, we thought we were... Um, building something special um, going into the back end of the season with the home game. So. Yeah, and obviously with, with that, some changes come. Uh, who knows what would happen if we don't run into a, a global pandemic, but changes come. Ryan Martin comes into the scene uh, as the new head coach. Um, obviously, from where you grew up down in New Zealand, Otago boy with the Highlanders also works with the Rebels in Super Rugby over in Melbourne. How's the change been uh, for you personally and for the team? with Marto coming into the fold? Um, honestly, unbelievable. He's been amazing. And it's just something, just in terms of driving the professional the professional culture and just uh, just as, you know, his attention to detail on all the little things. He's a, he's a guy who walks in the room and commands respect. And uh, Josh Smith and Kareem did a great job last year uh, with, with, you know, being local guys. A lot of guys knew him. They would play for him, play for him, um, you know, represent him real well, but just the lack of experience. Um, whereas we look at Ryan now, he's come in, he just demands that respect. And 
obviously we've had a lot of changeover in our team, obviously due to pandemic and, and guys, you know, deciding to go other ways or, you know, we're getting new players in. But um, he's been great, mate. We've we've honestly ripped a lot of lot of skill work, big contact into the season, and and guys just through this preseason so far, you know, he's really driven the sort of intent and behaviour um, that was sort of modelled off it and. And geez, like these, these first few weeks of preseason have been brutal. I mean, there's been guys that's, that uh, stitch has been put in, there's blood on the balls. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's another level this year. It's really stepped up. And that's what I'm excited. And I think the organization, organization sees that, um, that we've really taken another step up this year. So, yeah, so we're excited, mate. He's done a great job so far. Yeah, 2020, never got a home game. How uh, excited are you to get to Union Point there and finally have a home game? And do you know what the, you know, the rules are obviously evolving with crowds and stuff. Where does it stand as we're recording right now in terms of getting people into that stadium uh, for you guys? Yeah, so my understanding is uh, we do have limited capacity available. Uh, I think in terms of Massachusetts state laws, it's something... Don't quote me on this. It could be around a 20% capacity. So I know there are single game tickets on sale. Um, and we've got a great founding member base, which is great. So we should see that 20% fill up as long as anything doesn't change. Um, that's from my understanding. Um, and then to go back on your initial part to the question, yeah, I mean, last year was tough because we were we had Houston at home. Uh, the, the bleachers were put up, the fields were painted, boys were fizzing for that. And we just came off this. Yeah, you know, like I said, tough NOLA trip, the tough thing. It was like, like, we've had three tough games in a row, three or four tough games in a row after that big win against New York. So we were, we were actually fizzing for that opportunity. And I could feel it that week before it got shut down. I was just like, look, we've got a home stretch coming up. Um, and we sort of got that mojo back. You feel it training. So, um, yeah, that was real disappointing, not only for us as players, but then knowing we had, I think, behind Seattle, we were second last year and founding members in terms of season ticket holders so not having them to be able to come out uh knew it was going to be a packed crowd was, yeah, was disappointing so yeah ultimately to ask your question i think this year um hopefully like i said i think we'll be able to get some fans in and hopefully build that up more more and more as, as vaccines roll out and people people can come out with um changes to the state laws and stuff so yeah mate we're, we're absolutely sitting and that's been a big focal point of us in terms of a leadership group and stuff, but just ultimately all of the players of, of, of really putting on performance and making sure the you know the home home crowd and home fans you know deserve and get what you know what they what they missed out on last year. Yeah. You, now you mentioned the players. Obviously, turnover part of any professional sport. Uh, who are some of the players that of you, you're excited to have returned to the Free Jacks in 2021? Uh, you're excited to see sign with the Free Jacks, and then uh, a couple of names that you're obviously disappointed to see not come back. Yeah, well, I think uh, in terms of returning, uh, young Johnny Poland, our nine. I mean, he's he's a classy fella, guy from Munster who's come over. He was really influential for us last year, uh, and he and he's come back and um, he, he's looking sharp. Um, he had a bit of a niggly foot injury last year, so for him to come back and being rested up, and like I said, then everyone's keen on. 10 on footy this year. It's a long time between drinks for, for a lot of guys. So uh, he would be one that I'm really excited. Also, Bodine Waka, um, I joke with him. He looks like he's lost about 10 kegs. So, mate, he's, he's even quicker this year. So I'll give him a bit of stick because I think he sort of enjoyed the American lifestyle when he came over last year a bit too much early yeah. on. But, and he was still playing good footy. So he looks on another level. Um, also, I'll throw Fuasa out there for the Wakanibao. He's, um, yeah, Fijian offseason does wonders, I think. He's come back. He's looking mean, mean machine. Um, disappointed to see go. We, we lost our, our, our vice captain Sam Beard 
he was quite influential into in, in, uh, in terms of our back line. And not only as a leadership group, but like a CAC, I think we had the most, you know, he was a real big help in our attacking you know, um, shape or, or, or sort of way we were going about it. And so we lost him yeah, through, through a few different circumstances. And, and uh, yeah, he's moved on to a few other things now. So he was quite a big loss. Um, and then also I'd turn it forward to uh, Jack and Deeds, who's played a local homegrown American guy, um, you know, decided to stay out of Montana. He's uh, moving on to a new part of his, his life. Uh, he's getting engaged and stuff. So he was a great guy. Um, he was one of these guys who's, you know, we talk about a lot of guys in America with raw talent. I mean, he had that, but he had, uh, he picked up rugby, his rugby brains and the sense how to play the game and his skill level on the space of, you know, from what I met him in three or four months, he, he was really looking, uh, he was really looking deadly. So, yeah, it's a shame to see him go, mate. Um, he was really good and uh, I lost with him a lot last year. And yeah, we just, we lost, lost a bit of size in that, in that type five. But in saying that, what we've replaced them with is we've got three big Africans up front, mate. That's uh, still played some Pro 14 and, and Super Rugby experience. So they're going to yeah. add a lot. Um, and yes, yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Uh, so again, too much more. I think young 10 uh, to watch out for and Harrison Boyle. He's going to be sharp. He's, he's looked really good at training. Uh, I had a bit to do with him when I was in Otago. He was coming up through the ranks, but he's coming over his skill set. Um, yeah, he's looking he's looking really sharp. Uh, he's got a big boot. Um, he can cover 10, 12. Um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing him sort of uh, coordinate our team around the park. All right, let's talk round one now, mate. You play LA. Always difficult playing a, a new expansion franchise first game up because you've got no film. So um, I'm pretty sure you can find film. Look at the last decade of Super Rugby in Australia and pretty much most of the roster will be on there. News came out that Adam Ashley Cooper's going there. How, uh, how did that go around in the New England camp? And then how are you approaching this round one game against LA? Yeah, I mean, we know what, uh, you know, LA are obviously the talking point of MLR this offseason. Um, you know, obviously look at their roster, you sort of, you know, I think some people always miss it. just going, wait, how are they setting all these guys on or whatever have you? But, you know, good on them. There's quality players that are coming into the league. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they're going to be, they're going to be prepared. They're going to be really good. Obviously, they're going to have so much experience in their camp that they'll, they'll know what to do when they come to play us. But, um, you know, so don't you worry. You know, we're, we're we're working hard up here. We're up in the snow uh, rather than the beach out there. So, you know, we're, we're putting in some dirty work. And I, uh, I think it's just an opportunity for us uh, as a team to, you know, to take on the um, ultimately you know, what we think is the best early on and, and, and strike early. So I think uh, we're, we're just excited at the opportunity to play, you know, to play the, you know, the big LA team and, and see what they're all about. And, and getting them early is, is an exciting prospect, in my opinion, because, you know, we get first crack at them and see what they're all about. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're going to do some rapid fire now. And this is going to be, we'll, we'll stay within the New England, you know, your teammates at New England. I know, obviously, you play for Canada as well. So pretty, uh, pretty sparse there on the, uh, sorry, sorry, pretty uh, vast on the teammate category. Yeah. All right, you just finished the game against LA. Who's the first teammate to go to the bar and drink a Giltini? Uh, Bodine Walker, actually, definitely hands, hands down. Has he already had one? No, he hasn't. I don't even know what these Giltinis are, but I think it's a martini with a with a twist. So, so I, I, I'll digress. I remember coming back from an off season once, and we'd spent some time in the US, and the guy we we're with loved drinking apple martinis. And I was back in Australia. I went to the bar. I said, "Can I get an apple martini?" 
And I've never lived it down since. The guys are like, what, what are you drinking? It's in this fancy cup with the green and the cherry and stuff in it. And so yeah. tell Bodine just to be very careful after that LA game. All right, next one. Elon Musk calls and he says, Josh, I'm putting you on SpaceX. You're going to Mars. You can take three teammates. Who are you taking and why? Okay, question. Uh, I'm taking Connor Kendrigan, uh, fellow lock second row. Uh, uh, probably because he's a thinker, he's a handyman. Uh, he's a good guy to bounce ideas off. He'll talk honestly. Um, a lot of trust with him. Uh, I would probably take. What am I taking there? Uh, just quick, sorry, I'm not that quick at it, am I? Uh, I'm going to take. I might take a big uh, Spencer Kruger, uh, a young draft pick. Strong, absolute beast in the gym. Don't know why, but. I'll, I'll, I'll have the strength with me. And then I might take uh, go someone in the back with a bit of brains. We might. Uh, let's take uh, Johnny Poland actually again. Just, uh, we think he's quieter. So he'll balance out Kendrigan and, and Spencer for allowed mean machines. But I think uh, Johnny will be you know, just sort of quite, uh, yeah, quite around the place, but he'll be switched on. He knows what's going on. So I'll take those three with me. Not worry about Johnny's uh, injury-prone history. You might have to carry him around Mars there for the next decade. He's good. This next one scares me because the Free Jacks yeah. are probably, uh, between Mags and, and Ollie, probably the best social media team in MLR. Who Who is the king of Instagram on the playing staff? Who, who just thinks that... You know, they've got the, the who's the social influencer in the group? Who is the social influencer in the group? Uh, good question. Um, it's not up there. Uh, something like that. It's funny, because normally there's that one guy on your team, but I, I'm not sort of thinking something that comes off the top of my head. Uh, Usually, if you don't know who it is, it's you. It's like that thing, you know, everyone has that one person in their life, and it's like if you can't think who it is, it's probably you. Say that. It's, it's great having the translate option at the bottom of his post too because uh, yeah. he puts something up and I have no idea what he's saying and then it's translate and it always, I tell you, Japanese always just sounds so much more poetic than English when you translate it. The way it's written, it just seems oh, yeah. like it has so much gravity to his post. I'm like, God, that guy's really good. You know, he's a deep thinker. Um, but uh, it's probably just the translate helping him out. Yeah, it's like just one where he'll post a, post a cup of coffee in the morning and it's not like having a cup of coffee it's- Coffee in the morning. Yes. A little thinking emoji, like, you know, what, oh, yeah. what are you processing? Coffee to you is just a dirty bean water, but to me, it's it's a way of life. You know, you just, I feel like I'm losing it life when I see Kenny's stuff, actually. I've got to, got to improve my, A, my coffee game and B, my social media game. All right, big boy. I appreciate you jumping on and looking forward to round one. Um, I actually think I might have that game. I think that's going to be actually, I'm not allowed to say anything because the schedule's not released yet. But uh, yeah. for people watching, I think that game will be on a TV station. So don't worry, it's going to be a good one. So 
LA Free Jacks. Josh Larson back again. Looking forward to catching up uh, actually round one, buddy. LA. Yeah, mate. Appreciate that. Excited to get out there. Excited to get out on the West Coast. And uh, yeah, we'll be ready to go. And, uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate the chat. Always good. Always good to have the talented Larson brother on the show as well. That's one, mate. <laughs> thanks, brother. Well, yeah, mate. And there you have it, JP. Like, very impressed. Obviously, he, he did his time. He was born over here, but did his time in New Zealand, went to school in New Zealand, uh, you know, a product of New Zealand rugby and, and one of the real stars for the Free Jacks last year. Yeah, and somewhat a reliable player. What he play in all but eight minutes of the games last season. So, you know, someone that you can look to lead by example in the field and even better bloke off the field. Yeah, really good dude. Really good dude. Uh, good culture up there, the Free Jacks. I get the feeling you're watching some of the stuff they're putting up on the socials. It's uh, it's a tight-knit group. So exciting times. Uh, round one. All right, give me your prediction, mate. Round one. It's in LA. Is the camp in Hawaii too big of a distraction? Do they come in a little underdone, a little on vacation mode? Or do you think too much experience, too many classy players, they're not going to get caught napping here? Who's winning? I'm going to go with the Giltinis. Too much experience. The players that they brought in there, DTH Fund, the Merv, you've got obviously some of the big signings that are coming in and just the enthusiasm for a new team. A lot of players, good players coming from other sides. It, you speak to Luke White earlier. He's got a new lease on rugby, enthusiasm for it. I think these guys are going to gel. Playing at home, big venue, wanting to make a statement. I have to go the Giltinis. It's gonna be tough. I'm gonna. Uh, I'll keep it. I'll keep it easy. I'll go the other way. I'll go New England. Just just through the consistency factor. We'll change this before round one anyway. Have a look at the teams. You never <laughs> know. But for disparity's sake, and and just to make it interesting, I'll go the other way. All right. Let's go around the grounds with all the news and happenings on. You and I both uh, love frequent flying. I mean, we had Pete's travel tip, a regular on the show, but if there's anyone who can match Steinberg in the Miles department, it's you, JP. You are, you know, the world's most interesting man when it comes to European destinations. I wouldn't call them, you know, hotspots, but they're interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. And you've, you've, you've racked up some miles. So MLR, American Airlines, multi-year travel partnership. This is a monster deal for any sports league because travel is always one of the biggest consistent costs that leagues face. So partnering up with a huge airline like American, great stuff. So tip of the hat to George Killebrew, the commissioner, his whole team there in Dallas. Great job lining this up. And uh, of course, American is hub-based in Dallas. So a little bit of familiarity there, but a great deal for MLR there, JP. Yeah, it is. And we've talked about this before. Big sponsors coming to the table is often everybody's standing outside at the beginning, watching MLR grow. And I've got the feeling now that you see American announcing this partnership, that there's a lot of people that have been sitting on the outside, they're going to start jumping in as well. I think there's a lot of momentum and this is a big statement for MLR rugby. Yeah. Listen, Doug Parker, big fan of the show, CEO of American Airlines, big fan, listens to the podcast every week. Doug, how you doing? Hope everything's good down there. Mate, I want status. What is the top status? I, don't, I think it's platinum executive. Not that I look it up or anything. I want, <laughs> I want the absolute pinnacle, Doug, and then I want the secret one above that. Okay? Hook me up, Doug. Let's make it happen. Thanks for joining rugby. We love you, Doug Parker. You're a legend. 
All right, let's keep going. Utah, some TV news now. KSL, the local NBC affiliate there in Utah. They will be broadcasting all the Utah games. Love that. What a great facility. You've done some games there, JP. I love going to Utah. Love calling the Warriors out there. And it's great that all the Utah fans, if you're not in Salt Lake City, now you can watch the game on KSL. So beautiful stuff, Kimball Care. Everyone out there with the Utah Warriors, brilliant work. Yeah, and they got a couple guys that make the game enjoyable for the fans. Jerem out there, they do a good job off the field between the weeks with their shows. They talk about it on the radio, a lot of hype around what's happening in Utah. And yeah, it's a good, good thing for them. Just be careful, Jerem, and, and uh, calling games out there because a few years ago I did a game with Johnny Lenahan and then two weeks later he was playing. I was like, what? hang on. I came back and there's... Johnny Lenahan in 23, I was like, he was up here commentating like two weeks ago. Now he's playing and, you know, he, good dude, Johnny. Good dude. Did you feel so, like it was coming for you as well? Did you think oh, you were going to return? God, no. Huh? I was terrible. I was terrible. A few coach, a few coaches have kind of bumped me and asked me about it. And I'm just like, no, don't even waste your time. I'll have to pay you. So that'd be silly. All right. Austin, they joined the Carbach Brewing Company as well. So the Houston Sabercats. Sponsored by them. They've got some craft beers down there based in Houston. Now they will be the uh, craft beer partner for the Austin Gilgronies. So good to see Texas company based, like I said, based in Houston. The synergies there make sense. Beer. I wonder, I hope it doesn't cut into the Gilgrony sales. I hope it doesn't cut into those big old Gilgrony sales, but it's great to see if, if Gilgronies aren't your beverage of choice. Now you can have Carbach beer. Uh, at a Gilgronies game and a Sabercats game. So great to see them increasing their involvement with MLRJP. The Hopper Diller. That's quite a name for a beer. Yeah. It's yeah. one of the stores. Are you an IPA guy? No, I don't like the hops. like a Pilsner guy. Pil- yeah, I do, I do yeah. like the European drop, the Pilsner. And I like a lager, but uh, the IPA is too hoppy. It tastes like I'm drinking like uh, that Pinosol. The cleaning stuff, I can't get into it. Just can't. You're not going to line you? up. You won't line What's up yours? for Pliny and the Elder or Pliny and the... What are these Pliny ones that everybody waits for in California? I don't know. What, 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 what's your beer? I'm more of a Czech. Yeah, I, I got that European flair. Pils- Pilsners. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Who Harden, I don't mind that one as well. Who Harden, a, little, uh, a white, like a Belgian uh, wheat beer, but uh, a lot of gluten, which apparently is bad for you now. Everyone's got rid of gluten, so sorry, who hardened. I don't think they're going to join in the sponsor of the league, but all right, here's a name that you might remember, JP, from your time at the Crusaders. You were at the Crusaders as well, so JP gets around a little bit in New Zealand rugby. Simon Thomas is now the head of performance for Austin as well, so he was one of the most highly regarded strength and conditioning minds in New Zealand rugby with the Crusaders. Don't have to tell people on this show how successful the Crusaders have been in the last 20, 30 years. This is a big pickup for Austin, real big pickup. It is. And, and look at the influence of the Crusaders' SNC over here. You got Ash Jones, obviously down with the Sabercats. Ash Jones was there when I was there. And then Simon Thomas, I mean, he's been central to the machine that is the Crusaders. And, and one thing they do is they know how to manage their players very well from a physical standpoint. And you heard numerous times about people coming over here and talking about the physical conditioning of American athletes. But it'll be interesting to see how the actual player management side of it comes into play with a guy like Simon Jones. He knows how to manage players for rugby to make sure that they're in tip-top shape for the weekend. Yeah, good stuff. 
All right, let's keep going on. We already talked about uh, the Coliseum in LA will be the home venue for the next five years for the Guiltinis. Anything else to add? Anything on the Russell Crowe thing? No? Just going to be cool, right? Like, Like Whitey said, how cool playing in that, like such a historic stadium over here. Yeah, and what was it last time? They said 65 years ago rugby was played there. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Real grass. So no turf, real grass for the older, uh, the older members of, of all the MLR teams. You get a, the knees get a, a break for that week when you have to go out and play LA, playing on the grass. Good stuff. All right, Toronto. They partner with Match Day Info for their digital Match Day programs. Also partnered uh, with 1-800-JUNK. Got junk? Huh? There you go. Good stuff. I made a little joke with the Toronto boys <laughs> taking, out, taking out the trash on and off the field. But... Big company, 1-800-JUNK. I'm sure people listening to the show have seen the trucks driving around. It's a big company. They've got a good presence and good profile, and hopefully they can throw an MLR logo on those trucks going forward up there uh, in Canada. So good stuff. Good team, Toronto. I think you you might have a you, – you seem to call all the Toronto games, JP. You got a bit of a affinity with the, the boys from Canada? You know, I like him. I think earlier this year I was on another show, and I, I picked him to go all the way this year. So – a lot of continuity in that program, and I like what they do. They're not flashy, but they're solid with the fundamentals, and I think very stable team. Yeah, yep, they are. I think, I think honestly, the consistency in their squad will probably mean they'll be one of the favourites again. They're very, very talented. They're well-coached. They're disciplined, uh, well-supported. I think they're going to be chomping to get out of Atlanta and back to Toronto, though, so hopefully... Fingers crossed things keep trending in the right direction and we can get them back up there and playing in front of the, the mad fans up in Toronto. All right, one last thing. Uh, this, this is big news. You know, with a lot of uh, talk about NFL and American football talent and crossover athletes and razzmatazz, all that jazz. Johnson, Batamosi, he is looking to make the NOLA Gold roster. Now, this guy is not a, a college convert. Like, I get the whole, hey, there's thousands of college D1 athletes that don't make the NFL roster and we can go after him. This guy played in the NFL and he wasn't just on a roster. He played in the NFL. He had a long career in the NFL, lost the Super Bowl. So uh, sorry about that, Johnson. I didn't mean to bring that up. No, <laughs> but, but just to get to a Super Bowl is crazy, right? So he will look to make the NOLA roster. Um, he played on the weekend for New Orleans rugby club uh, against the, uh, what, what are they called? The Hugs and Kisses from Colorado? No, the Exos. I'm just <laughs> Don't come after me. Don't come after me, Glendale, please. Uh, but big news, JP. And I think if he's successful and it's a good story and we do the right thing, we might start to see more NFL players taking this as a serious option. I think so. And, and what's important to think about is this guy, he started with rugby. Way back at Gonzaga College High School, played rugby. He was in the football team, played rugby, track and field. He did everything. So he has at least some base knowledge of rugby. But, you know, what? He's played for six NFL teams since 2012. Yeah. This is not yeah. just a guy that's got cut off a roster. He, he made a career in the sport. And best thing, he's 30 years old. Yep. Yep. So he's, he's still got a good run in him. Like, and... He's in good shape. You know, he looks like he's healthy, taking care of himself. So I was just disappointed. There was all the cryptic messages coming from J.J. Watt. <laughs> okay, could you imagine? He's J.J. Watt has so much money in the bank. 
Could you imagine if he's like, you know what, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to make a difference here. I'm going to do something. And uh, what would have been better if he actually played and then Langy Langy smashed him and then it was all <laughs> over for JJ. And it's like, oh, the, the great debate of American football versus rugby is over. Langy Langy smashed him. We won. So no, but it is, it is cool to see uh, these kind of crossover athletes and, I think in the right environment, there, there's definitely, I, I think Mike Friday touched on this. I think the key is to actually get these like higher caliber athletes early and then say, okay, go to college, do your stuff. But Simpson, similar, uh, similar to what you just said with Johnson, right? He's got a grounding in rugby. So you're not starting from square one. And uh, that's going to be the key. He's, he's getting, and, and I'm guessing you're in Kansas City. So you go to the high school, talk to the football coach, Give us your, you know, your best DBs, your linebackers, and we can do some tackling stuff and at least give them an introduction to know rugby exists, huh? And I think now that MLR exists, I think it's an easier argument. I go back to when I was coaching high school in Colorado. The, the football coach said, why would he do that? There's no pathway for him. Now there's a distinct pathway here. And they realize the value of this, the utility of playing different sports and the skill set it brings, playing rugby to football and vice versa. So I think it's it just takes one two three we start to develop this pattern it just starts opening up doors yeah yeah i agree and then they get discounted flights on american airlines so do it who wouldn't i'd do it i'd do it in a heartbeat all right let's talk some other news transfer news coming through talking about the toronto arrows earlier richie asiata he was one of my favorites from 2020 what a player he was he transfers to the Queensland Reds. So he made his debut, Super Rugby debut. I believe it was not the weekend, just gone the weekend before. He came off the bench and got some time. Looked good too, Richie. So that's uh, great to see. I, I believe that might be the first genuine transfer from an MLR side to a, to a top-tier professional comp. So I know we've had some guys go to Japan, but you know, Super Rugby is obviously one of the pinnacle competitions in the world. You think we're going to see more of that JP, you think we're going to see some young guys coming over from the Southern Hemisphere, Northern Hemisphere, and trying to crack in and then going back and playing in the Premiership or Super Rugby? I think there will be, especially the way the seasons line up. And um, we heard it earlier, the chance for the guys to come up after Mitre 10 Cup, young guys that don't get picked for Super Rugby, and they get to play rugby. When you're young, you just need to keep sharpening the axe, being able to come up here and do that. And I actually think the opposite is going to happen as well. I think we're going to see American talent start to pop up on the radar and make it overseas. There's a pathway for these guys. Yeah. Well, you heard, you heard Marto like talk about like Spencer Kruger um, and, and uh, Justin Johnson. He's like, these guys are super rugby capable. We've just got to get them there. And that's, that's a huge, so for a guy who's been involved in not only Otago, but with the rebels, that's a, that's a pretty big vote of confidence in, in young quality American talent who born here, grew up here, played the game here, have come through the system here. So I agree with you, mate. Exciting. I think that's going to be like a, a great day too when we start to see guys like, you know, Spencer Kruger, Justin Johnson, these young guys, Connie Mooneyham, uh, all these young guys who got drafted get a shot, you know, overseas. I mean, it'll be unreal. So, all right, let's go through some signings. LA. Marco Fipalawi, he signs with the Giltinis, former Raptor. I think he went to Dallas for a cup of tea and then obviously drafted out to LA. And the big one, Adam Ashley Cooper. Uh, is, he the, 
is he the most capped wallaby or no? Someone just overtook him. Yeah, he's the most capped. Cap. I think he said he's the five. He's what number five in terms of all-time caps in a yeah, she, Who's who's number one? Alwyn Wynn Jones, and you go Richie. Yeah, O'Driscoll, and who's is George Gregan above him? Because George Gregan has to be because Richie beat George Gregan for the number one spot. No, Brian O'Driscoll beat George. Yeah. Oh well, get on good. Get on Google and figure it out, people, and then send me a message and let me know. Where <laughs> no, those, those are around the five right people, I'm sure. So, all right, another one. Another Tonga Weir brother. He goes to Nola. So Monty's joined by, oh, Asasi. There you go. You try that one for me. Osaisi. Osaisi. That was so good, James. This is why you're the man. Osaisi. I like it. And Keanu Andrade via trade with Atlanta. So uh, I believe Andrade was drafted in the Dallas dispersal draft and then, boom, traded to NOLA from uh, ATL. So good stuff. And Kieran Joyce goes to Seattle. So they're the signings. Let's look at a couple of, uh, I don't know if this is an extension or a re-signing. So I didn't see Humi last year, but Luke Hume. Did you play with Humi? Yeah, I did. Yeah. You guys pass cross? What a guy. What a guy he is, the bald eagle. Back for one more. What's he doing? I've, I mean, I'm jealous, yeah? Doesn't it make you just want to get out there and mix it? Although, you know, we probably couldn't do it. A guy like that, you couldn't catch him in a phone booth. He's electric, yeah? Still at an old age, he's still got a little bit of shimmy to him. He, once he makes the gap, he's looking for someone to pass to immediately now. But yeah, doesn't matter. He's a great guy to have in a team, especially with younger players around. Although, just have to watch out after match, yeah? Yeah, I tell you, he had not only did he have the fastest feet, he had the fastest tongue as well. He had some, he had some quality sledges, Humi. I'm sure they're getting better with age too. He's getting a bit more uh, experience, a, a bit more in the vernacular as well. So he's busted out the thesaurus in the off season. He'll have some fresh ones for these young wingers he's playing against this year. Uh, Dante Lapresetti, he re-signs in DC. Nola Giovanni Lap, Ross Depperschmidt, and William Wagsback. They all extend down there in NOLA, so building a little bit more for the future. San Diego, Yasa Veramalua, he resigns. And another one of our good friends, Lomi Suniula. One more go around. I, I got to tell you, I can say this now because he's resigned, but we had a conversation about him and he's like, listen, you know, I'm done. And we, we were on the phone. Yep, you know, you've had a great career pack it in let's let's start talking about what's next in your life and career and then uh no less than two three months later seattle seawalls resigned shalom so it's like there you go lomi one more time but jp you and i can attest you're a long time retired so empty the tank yeah what was that what do you think was the ticket have you spoken to him no i have no idea i'll give him a call and find out it usually it's either two things when you're that age it's they won back-to-back championships. So I don't think a, like a ring or a championship could be it. So it's got to be cash. He's probably he's probably in debt on some gambling stuff and he's, he needs the cash. So just, kid, just kidding. He's not in debt for gambling. <laughs> so I'm not serious. I, I think he's just got something left. You know, remember the old uh, Rocky Balboa when he comes out of retirement to fight, uh, fight Antonio Tava or the character, the, the real boxer's name was Antonio Tava. He said, there's just something in the basement. I've got some something in the basement. And I think maybe Lomi might have a little bit of fire left in the basement. He just needs to get it all out and get it done. But quality guy, quality player. Good to see him back in Seattle. One more go. 
Nothing, mate. No. No, I'm just sitting here thinking like where I put my rugby boots. I can't figure out where they are at home. Ooh. Did you, go, did you go back to blades now? Like they've changed so much since we were playing. The predators are what we used to wear. The predators what used to wear. I, yeah, pred- I was a predator you man. Predator guy. Yeah, you had a predator. Yeah. But still, now have you I, seen these I things? They're like socks. They're like socks yeah. on your feet. Yeah, like, I remember I used to make fun of the old fellas that would wear like the ASICs. They look like uh, the, the Frankenstein boots. Yes, They're yeah. like yeah. huge, like for people here, like the old old man white New Balance shoes, like walking on a cloud, they train in those to preserve the joints. And now I'd, I'd, probably, I'd probably need those, but oh, well. Oh, well. All right, JP, we're going to wrap it up, buddy. What a show. Good having you here. Miss you. Yeah, miss you too, buddy. Looking excited, to excited to kick huh? things off. So you have you have a game round one, right? Who are you calling? Can you can you re- release that information, or is it top secret? Still, still private. It's, of course, it'd have to be the arrows. I become you know one of the voice of the arrows. Apparently, it's because I'm yeah, you know, look Canadian, obviously. Yeah, ruggedly good looking. I see that. I see that. I tell you, they got they got some good looking roosters up there. Jamie McKenzie, one of my favourites. Oh, saw him in a cowboy hat in Austin Airport. I tell you, my lovely wife, Jenna, I was close. I was going to call and said, honey, I'm, I'm moving to Toronto. I'm out. <laughs> a cowboy hat? He was in a cowboy hat. But then he told the TSA agent, he goes, hey, there's a creep following me behind an Australian accent. Don't let him on the same plane. So then I just went back to my wife. But uh, yeah, good stuff. All right, buddy. Wraps up the show. Appreciate it. Appreciate you filling in. Big shoes to fill, but you filled them nicely. And uh, obviously you're going to be a great year. I'm, I'm hoping we get to catch up on the road as much as possible through 2021. Yeah, mate. Appreciate you having me. Anytime, JP. That wraps up episode 79. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back actually next week. We're going weekly. We're back to weekly. That's how close the season is. Uh, Aaron, come on real quick. Who are we previewing next week? San Diego and... We are previewing San Diego and Toronto, the uh, the one and two on Dude. the uh, standings of uh, the shortened season. We may even have to get the voice of the arrows back in for that one. Hey, JP, what do you reckon? Bring you back. A little Toronto action. Why not? <laughs> All right. For James Patterson, Aaron Castro, Dan Power, this has been the MLR kickoff. Episode 79 of MLR kickoff brought to you by shopmlr.com. Powered by... The Rugby Shop.